Hi guys, welcome to Decolonize and Chill. We're very excited to have you here on our first ever episode and to have you join our little community. So I'm Zamzam and I'm joined by my two hosts, Ian and Ivy. And yeah, we're really excited to have you guys here. So for our first episode, we thought that it would be cool and interesting if we spoke about colonization. I guess because of the name of our podcast, to Colonize and Chill, but also because we think that colonization is an important topic and something that we should speak more about. So guys, why do you think that we want to talk about this topic as opposed to any other topic, especially considering that this is our first episode? Well, personally, I think colonization and its impact is a topic that's not really spoken about. We always discuss slavery in depth. There are so many movies about slavery. But what about colonization? Most African countries obtained independence only like five to six decades ago. So I think um, this is quite recent history and it would be great to discuss it and just to see like the impact it still has on us. What do you think, Ian? Uh, yeah, it's one of those topics that people really never want to talk about. It's a topic people shy away from because it makes certain people uncomfortable. But I think the aim of our podcast is to talk about topics that resonate with us um, as African millennials. So it's it's really important that we at least try and shine some limelight on some of these topics that really affect us today as Africans. So yeah. I completely agree with the, both of you and I think that something that I wanted to talk about or at least um, I wanted us to discuss was how we were introduced to colonization, like this whole concept. And I mean it in the sense of your education, your formal education, but also in terms of your personal life, um, your friends, your family, just how your viewpoint of colonization was at that time and also how it might have changed today or yeah, basically just how you understand colonization. Well, personally, I went through the 844 system of education. And for those who don't know what that is, it's the Kenyan system of education. So from like primary school, we learned about the scramble for Africa and how the Europeans infiltrated into Africa. We learned about resistance to colonization as well as collaboration, the Mau Mau land appropriation and all the racist policies whereby being European was much better than being Kenyan or African. So it was really, I think it was quite holistic. We learned about just an honest narrative of what colonization was. But I know you guys didn't do the Kenyan system of education. So can you tell me um, how the British education system was? Uh, yeah, oh, well, for me, I moved around a lot because of my parents. So really, I was denied the opportunity to learn about my history in the very beginning. So I sort of learned it uh, later on. So I first um, obviously did the American system, then switched to the British uh, system. So I learned other people's history before I learned mine. And I think when I actually came back to Kenya is where now I started um, learning about Kenyan history and what really colonization was. And even till today, it's still a learning process for me. I can't really say that I understand it fully, but I'm still learning and I'm still, you know, self-educating about colonization and the impacts that it had on us. Ian, why don't you give us a story about how you first learned about colonization? Who taught you 
about the first time you ever heard this term or ever understood this concept <laughs> i think that people should know yeah so like i said I, mean, I, was, I was young i think um the first time i i was ever in a classroom and you know the topic of colonization came up i was probably about um i guess seven maybe it's like seven years old Uh, so it was such a foreign concept to me because you know I moved out of the country and obviously you know you're a minority most of the students around you are predominantly white yeah so i mean i was taught by a white lady <laughs> it felt so foreign <laughs> to me you know like just being told that people came to our land and like grabbed our people and took them to like a different land first i was like okay this is a bit interesting till we got to the nitty gritty of, of what actually happened you know how people were being sold and how people mostly of african descent were being treated so finally then you know i just looked at her i was like and you know it's so weird because you're like the minority in the classroom and like everybody you know when topics like colonization come up people always look at the minorities because like always the only black person in the class, you know, <laughs> because it's, it's such an uncomfortable topic most people so, i don't know it's just weird like i think that's when i first started realizing what colonization was and what racism was because i had to experience it first hand in order to understand it Yeah, I com- I completely agree with everything that you said, especially the part about how like whenever anybody talks about black people, racism, <laughs> Islam, like everyone looks at me and it's so awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, anyway, I'm used to it by now. But yeah, no, I think it was the same with me um because I traveled around a bit as well. And um the way that I was introduced to it because I did the British system is that it was a very different angle than I'm pretty sure Ivy had it. in the sense where i understood that um colonizers came because they were trying to spread christianity or that they were coming to uh civilize or develop these areas and i think that the use of the word civilize in itself is already very flawed and a very flawed way to have children learn about how other people came onto their land and basically stole their resources if i'm being honest and i think that i learned more about it through my mom because she's a history teacher and i'm very thankful for that Uh, so I think through her I got a more much more realistic perspective of what colonization meant and especially I think learning more about the motives behind it because as I said earlier the motives that I was given at the time were very different than the actual motives on the ground uh so I think it's very important for us regardless of where we live even if we live in Kenya outside of Kenya um that we make sure that we pass our history and the story of struggle for freedom on to our children and basically to future generations so that they're able to understand it in a very wholesome way because we do we do have a very a very interesting and a very um I think a very inspiring struggle for freedom like our freedom fighters I guys we said the mamao and basically just everybody who's involved in the struggle for independence so yeah coming off the last question that I asked what are some of the things that you guys learned about colonization now that you didn't know about earlier basically how your perspective has changed or how it has been molded through the years and yeah uh one thing for me personally that i know and fully appreciate is that the history of africa didn't begin with the arrival of the europeans so many times when you read about colonization from the eurocentric version it's always um a discussion of they discovered this huge mass of land which is africa then the story continues from there they don't talk about what ha- what they found there but the truth is that many african societies didn't write their history but that doesn't mean they didn't exist 
So for me, I'm quite interested in the pre-colonial aspect of Africa and I think we should talk about that more. Another thing is that that I didn't think a lot about is that so many of the problems that we have in Africa are directly linked to colonization. Um, not all of Africa's problems are because of colonization. Let me put that out and make it very clear. But there are a lot of things that are linked yes. to colonization. For instance, the disproportionate land ownership and conflicts. So for me, that's what I know now that I didn't know before. What about you guys? Um, for me, I think, uh, well, I was a bit younger, so obviously there's some concepts that I could never fully grasp. It was it was a concept that, you know, was explained to me, but it took some time for me to learn uh, what colonization really was. So I think for me, it's it's just the whole process of, you know, it. I feel like it really denied us an opportunity to know what, what would have really been. Because now, obviously, if you look at the impacts of colonization, you know, um, a lot of things were stripped from Africa. Like, for example, our resources and even our people, you know, our people were, were taken away from us. So it really, it sort of leaves you with that, like, lingering feeling of what would have been if, if Africa was, was never really colonized. I think the effects that um, I see today, you know, all the problems and some of the struggles that we have uh, in Africa, even just the fight for like land ownership and just the struggle for um, quality and, you know, even just the, the tribal fights that, that we find here today, you know, can all be linked to colonization. Learning about colonization has really opened up my perspective and really um, showed me, you know, just some of the glaring issues that, that we have to face as a result of of what happened decades ago. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with the both of you. And I think um, for me, one of the most the most glaring impacts of colonization is something that I realized later on as I began to understand and do my own research is how Ivy, how you had said conflict um, is all of the conflicts that we see today are directly attributable to colonization. And that's not only in Kenya and Africa, that's literally all over the world. You have that in the Middle East, you have that in Asia. Um, the fact that people came and they divided us, they basically used divide and conquer to separate us through ethnic lineages or through religious beliefs and that still has an impact today and people still feel divided today and you see that in the scramble for resources you see that in almost every aspect of society and so i think that for me is what's very obvious but also um it's also the little things you know what i mean like that we have um, milk in our tea like that's something that's attributable to colonization and also i think also the way that uh africans treat each other in general (laughs) because i I actually feel like there's whenever you have anti-blackness in the african community or within black people i think it's it's it comes from from the fact that we were colonized you know the fact that we were made to believe that white was better and uh, black was less than so even mm-hmm. when you go to um i know we've had this conversation before like when you go to a restaurant in kenya and the way that you're treated differently how how the waiters for example treat black patrons differently than they treat white <laughs> patrons and i'm sure you guys have had similar experiences uh but yeah just a lot of the anti-blackness within our yeah. community i think comes from from that time to mention something like white supremacy that was instilled on us during colonization that we can still feel till today. For instance, like during colonization, Kenyans and I think just Africans in general who could read and write in English or who had converted to say Christianity 
they were preferred and seen as the more polished members of society and if you spoke your native language mostly then you are seen as very you know primitive and uneducated unfortunately it's kind of still there uh, that kind of i would say colonized thinking exists even now some people in some settings would prefer to speak to you in english as opposed to speaking swahili and if you speak swahili you're seen like as a low of a lower class and it's really sad because this shouldn't be the case you know because at the end of the day we are african yeah. and we should be so so proud and if you go to certain european countries for instance they are very proud of their languages you know like they are so proud of it and also why shouldn't we as africans be proud of our language so i think one question we should ask ourselves have we as african colonized our thinking and yeah. what i mean is that do we treat other africans like the colonizers treated us if we treat other africans like we were treated by the british colonizers then we've not decolonized our thinking you know yeah. another impact is i would say just on the little things for example the fact that we speak english that's a direct impact there's no way we would be speaking yeah. english it's a totally foreign language um and if you go to um senegal it's french or rwanda it's french and namibia some parts they speak german that's quite a direct impact to our religion christianity came into colonization our education our justice system the crops we grow and sell and might i add the tea we drink so religiously i mean kenyans love tea <laughs> so much my mom has to drink tea like <laughs> I think twice a day in the morning before she goes to work and in the evening yeah. religiously and this is something that's not really an african tradition we just really got it from your um from the british and even yeah. the way we make it like adding milk onto it and everything that's all foreign and from the british yeah. so yeah that's my take on the impact of colonization today of course oh yeah one more thing is the land issue wow This is like a topic of its own but you know what I just watched a documentary about the situation in southern african countries for example in namibia they do know that white people own 70% of the farmland but only make up about just 6% of the population so 70% of productive agricultural land is owned by white people and the white people are only 6% of the total population the same kind of unfair uh, land ownership is in south africa as well whereby white citizens own most of the productive land to me that's a really big shock considering all this happened all of this is a product of colonization and decades later it's still the same yeah So that's my yeah. input on that. What do you guys think is still an impact of colonization that you feel today? Yeah, I think just to add on to that, one thing that stood out even from just everything you said, Ivy, is the fact that Africa, in the largest sense, we sort of lost our identity due to colonization because a lot was taken away from us. Our way of life, our religion, our culture, and just, you know, our identity as people, you know, it was all taken away and we had to start afresh. And I think that's impacted us even till today because 
if you look at us today as Africa, you know, we, we look outside, we look to the east and we look to the west for a lot of things, for inspiration, for even just, you know, the way we dress, uh, the way we do things, our judicial systems, the way we elect presidents and all those things. You know, it's just, it's, we never formulated a system for ourselves because if and if we tried to, you know, that process was taken away from us. So we literally had no identity as a people. And at the end of the day, what that meant is that we had to borrow everything. We had to look outside at what um, these other nations were doing in order for us to, to sort of find our identity. So I think for Africa right now, we're still we're still in the process of just learning about ourselves. You know, we're still developing our own identity, but that's been severely impacted as a result of colonization. Because I mean, I always ask myself the question, you know, what would have been if colonization never took effect? You know, where would Africa be? I think all of us have watched uh, have watched Wakanda. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I always think, you know, if you watch the movie, Africa is so civilized that literally the rest of the world looks to Africa for inspiration or, you know, just for direction. And I think, I honestly think that colonization didn't happen. We could have moved in the same direction as Ghana. I know it's fictional, <laughs> but it could have happened because there's a reason they came here. They came here for our resources. They came here because they didn't have what we had. And it's the exact same thing in Wakanda. You know, they had a specific resource that other people didn't have. And it's a, it's why they were so developed and so progressive. And the rest of the world, you know, looked with envy. The rest of the world wanted to come there to take what they had. To add on to what the, both of you have said, um, I really like what you said about language because um, I was having the same discussion with my friend as well. The way that we are taught about um, our national language. In Kenya, for example, we have two national languages, English and Kiswahili. But for a lot of European languages, they don't have English as a national language. And even when you visit those countries, you have to be able to speak their language. Um, and that includes France, that includes places like China, for example, where if you want to study there, you have to do at least one year um, of Mandarin, I believe, and then you can actually like study. But with Kenya, it's, you know, we completely adopted this language and we speak it in our schools. And I think especially in the context of schools, um, the rule is applied so strictly in the sense where children are basically forced to speak Kiswahili. I mean, you do, they're forced to speak English um, and you do Kiswahili as one of the subjects in, in your in your curriculum. And actually with the British system, like it's not compulsory to do Kiswahili, so you don't have to do it. I did, I think, I did it for at least maybe one term in like grade six or something. So, you know, it really is something that's very optional. However, on the other hand, English is compulsory. And as I was saying, I had this conversation with my friend and we're basically saying how you have other students, for example, who on the playground, they hear somebody speaking Swahili, they go and report it to the teacher and like you get punished for basically speaking your language. Uh, and I think that really teaches children that English is good and Kiswahili is bad, like something you shouldn't be speaking, or at least, you know, your la your local dialect is something that you shouldn't be speaking. So I think it's little influences like that. Um, and at the same time, even when you think about some of the the price that we're still paying from colonization, for example, you have some African countries who pay 500, over $500 billion every year as colonial tax to basically their colonizers. And to me, I think that's completely outrageous. How How is that something that's still going? going on in the sense that resources were being stolen then and even today we're still paying we're still paying for that process you know like how it was stolen then and now you have um resources, resources that are desperately needed by these communities that they are then still 
paying to um, some of these more developed and more West, these yeah. Western states. And yeah, it is very outrageous. And at the same time, Ian, what you had said about um, resources and Black Panther, I agree. You know, sometimes you do think about where Africa would be if it wasn't if it wasn't for colonization or if it wasn't for that part of our history. But then, for example, you still have like places, you have Congo, uh, for example, that mines... Um, they have like this resource that is used basically for every electronic device like the phones that we use there's a specific uh, mineral that's that's needed to create the phone or like i don't know like to connect it and stuff like that i don't know the technicalities but that specific mineral is um, found in congo at least they have the largest um, i think reserve of this mineral and so you have of course like all these big tech tech companies apple microsoft like basically anybody who is creating a phone has to get this resource from somewhere and a lot of the times it comes from the congo and because this uh, mineral is being mined uh, by by the local people you have conflicts that arise from that you have sexual violence like there's so many things that um so many things that come into play because of the mining of this mineral and so i think yeah like africa we still are being exploited for our our natural resources we're still being exploited as a people and as you had said ivy the fact that some of these colonial mindsets are still being seen today within africa within africans ourselves but also in the west in the way that they treat us in the way that they view us um they still view us as developing they still view us as backward we have seen that we have many instances of that so yeah, I think that the impact of colonization are still very prevalent in society. And yeah, it's just something that we need to discuss more. And it's something that we also really need to educate ourselves yeah. on. I totally agree. And I would just like to add on to that and say we were literally colonized and colonization came to an end officially. But the thing that we didn't change is that we didn't decolonize our thinking I think as Africans, we really have to decolonize our thinking in the sense that we need to realize that we as Africans, we are not, we are enough. We are not second to Europeans or to the West in general. Yeah. We as Africans are enough. We have, all, we can have the solutions that we need. And once as Africans, we realize we're enough. I think that's a really big step towards decolonizing our minds and towards making a future that's independent of all these things that we depend on from the West. Also, it will help to defeat white supremacy. If you truly value your Africanness, you don't really care what a white person thinks about you. Yeah, and just maybe also just to add to that, I think um, we need to also focus on some of the positives. I think Africa in general, you know, has produced some of the world's, you know, most brilliant and inspirational minds that we have out there. So we need to know that it's not only negative things that come out of Africa, you know, there's a lot of positivity here as well. Um, you know, without Africa, there's no Nelson Mandela, there's no Barack Obama, there's no Angari Matai. Look at Mpesa, for example, you know, uh, the world literally looked to Africa just to understand what's this mobile banking concept. So, yeah, we definitely need to be proud of ourselves. I think we've done a lot to be proud of. And it just goes to show that we are capable of so much more and we're capable of greatness. So, yeah, you know, as Africans, let's be proud. Let's be proud of who we are. Let's be proud of our identity. Let's develop our own identity and, you know, inspire the world from there. Yeah, in terms of um, us being proud of ourselves, I think there's so much to be proud of in terms of being African. Um, and I think even the discussion of why you should be proud to be African in itself is, I think it's a wrong statement because you never hear, for example, Americans saying why they should be proud to be American or like you never hear Europeans being like, this is why you should be proud to be French or, you know, or German or stuff like that. So I think we should just be proud to be African because we are African. I think it's amazing in itself. 
Um, but I also think that we need to do a better job in recognizing some of our, um, yeah, just some of the people that have done amazing things on our continent. I think in terms of, as we had said earlier, our freedom fighters, for example, the Mau Mau, but also, um, I know Ivy, we had this conversation before, for example, Wangari Matai, because she's obviously done amazing things while she was alive for the environment, for, um, for women and girls. She was extremely empowering. But I think that, to be entirely honest with you, I was in discussion more about the work of Mangari Matai with people who were not Kenyan or who weren't African. Um, or at least not, not who weren't African, but at least who weren't Kenyan. Like when it came to America, a lot of people would be like, we, they, I'd say, for example, I'm from Kenya. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, do you know Mangari Matai? Have you read her book? And then we discussed that and just basically how amazing she was and the work that she did. So I think it requires us to just, I think, honor some of our our leaders and some of the people on our continent who have done amazing things and at the same time also i think honoring ourselves and the work that we do because i think that it doesn't have to only be the hungary matais or the nelson mandela's that are praised i think it's also the little people who do a lot for the community who do a lot for each other um i also think that we need to possibly expect more and push more from our leaders because in as much as um we are proud to be Kenyan and as much as we were trying to create some of these institutions for ourselves, I think really do need more political will by our leaders to create these institutions and at the same time to just support the development process in in Africa. Okay, guys, to conclude this conversation, um, what are some of the last things that you have to say about colonization? It was a very interesting conversation. I'm glad we brought it to light. Um, let's speak about colonization and the effects more and more. One thing I would take from this is that um, it's so important to be educated about colonization um, because there are so many people who don't know anything about it because they are not taught about it. Um, but even if you're not taught about it, I think it's your responsibility to uh, check on it and just learn about it. And once you know the impact it still has, then you'll have a better, of understand, a better understanding of um, African societies. Um, Another thing I would take from this is that we should be, we shouldn't let white supremacy just go unchecked any longer. We should be proud of our Africanness to the maximum and speak our languages as much as we can and um, give our languages the importance it deserves and also pass it down generation to generation. Um, yeah, that's my that's my take home from our conversation. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, just just to add on to that, um, you know, like you said, education is really important, um, and you know, not just uh, formal education, but also self-education. You'll find that um, some of these things you won't necessarily be taught in your schools, so it's, it's it's upon us to take it upon ourselves to to learn, to learn about our history, to learn about what happened, so that we can be able to pave, um, you know, pave the way forward. Uh, for us as Kenyans and just Africa as a whole. Uh, there's a need for us to be united and I believe Africa has greatness in store for it. It's just upon us to come together and um, work together towards a better future. So, yeah. I definitely agree that education is key. Um, and as, as you both have said, not just education, us as individuals, as Africans, but I think also in the broader sense, other people understanding colonization and how that has shaped Africa today. And I think also um, one thing that I've gotten out of this conversation is that 
we need to also expect more from our leaders and i think we need to have more discussions about colonization amongst our friends amongst our families um, i don't think that it should be something that is only reserved for academics or for people who um, study about this i think it should also just be something that we in general speak more about and that we are more interested in learning okay. i think it's something that we should speak more about and i think that we should we should try to do more to address some of um some of the some of the situations that arose out of colonization and the impacts that it's had on our continent yeah, yeah. So thanks guys for tuning in to our first ever episode. We're really happy to have you guys join us and to be part of our little community, which we hope to grow. Um, so please subscribe to Decolonize and Chill. Please follow us on our Instagram page at Decolonize and Chill and on our Twitter page, Colonize Chill, to know more about where to stream our content, um, our future episodes. And yeah, if you just want to reach out and talk to us. We're very happy to talk to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. And we hope to have you guys join us in the next episode and the one after that and the one after that. So bye guys. Bye guys. It was great having this convo with you. Bye guys.